0: My name is Jacob Stoops and you're listening to the Page Two Podcast, my podcast about the reality of being an SEO in which I chronicle the real-life stories, experiences, challenges and advice from some of the most amazing people in the industry. In this episode, I chat with Nick Ranger, a brilliant young SEO out of Australia, my first uh, interview from Australia. Uh, we discuss her background as a professional electric violinist very cool Uh, but she's also been a civil engineer as well as an accountant and we touch on how all of those experiences led her to a career in seo we also dive into why curiosity is very important for our job how to work with developers how to lead teams and much much more Hey, everybody, this is Jacob Stoops. Uh, I am here with Nick Ranger, or is it Nick or Nikia? Which do you like Nick. to be called?
1: Uh, Nick's, Nick's fine.
0: All right, yeah. Nick, Nick Ranger, SEO specialist from Web Firm. How are you doing, Nick?
1: How are you doing? Um, lots of love from Melbourne, Australia.
0: Yes, yes, my first international guest. So very excited. And um, for those of you that don't know, I am a very, very awful project manager and or coordinator. So it took uh, well over a month <laughs> to finally get the timing um, all right. And Nick was super patient with me and we're, we're finally here and finally ready to talk some uh, some SEO.
1: Hey, love what you're doing and really, really happy to be a part of it. Thank
0: you. Awesome. So Nick, so take me into your background. How did you get into SEO?
1: SEO, I got into Viera Friends, who was the head of um, website development at a company called Predictor. Uh, basically, I came back to Australia from Cambodia um, after teaching music for over a year. Um, I've got a very unusual background and I've got lots of experience in different types of things. I used to be um, a civil engineer, um, then I went into accounting, and then I I guess I, at that point in my life, I thought like, well, "What am I going to do?" I got this opportunity, and he said, um, "Have you ever heard of SEO?" And I thought, "Like, what, what, what on earth is that?" Did a bit of googling, went to the interview um, by sheer dumb luck. Um, he hired me, and for the next three years, I sat in a room and, um, with a team of three other people, and grew helped grow the company to twenty-seven. So. Um it was uh, a very chaotic, very um, a lot of existential crises and um a lot of hard work. But um you know now at this point in my career uh I'm I I lead a team here at WebFirm and I'm just I'm just absolutely in love, totally addicted.
0: So that that has been kind of one of it, it it's been my reason for doing the podcast, right? There's a lot of people that do podcasts within the industry that it's straight knowledge sharing. And like, I absolutely feel like that will and should come out um, as I, as I talk to people. But what I'm more interested in are the many, many different backgrounds that people come from. And I think out of everybody, that I've talked to thus far, it sounds like your background might actually be the most interesting and um, <laughs> diversified. Um, so I guess take me into like, how do you go from um, from a, a music career to being a civil engineer, engineer to accounting, to uh, like how did you how did you go from from those to SEO? Like <laughs> like where where did you where were you before? I guess, before you got into SEO. That's fascinating to me.
1: <laughs> I think the underlying thing um, throughout all of it is if, if I'm interested to find out um, an answer to something, it's going to bother me until I figure it out. So I think that kind of application um, really helps me out in, in figuring out what I'd like to do. And um, ultimately, I, I guess, like, now I'm at a point where um, I do things not because I'm inspired monetarily, but I'm inspired by curiosity. And I think that really underpins a lot of those, those uh, changes.
0: <laughs> so tell me about some, some of your successes, right? Um, you know, accounts you've worked on. You just talked about a, a big one with yeah. respect to your to your company. Tell, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so Predictor, um, I, I left Predictor about a year ago and now I'm at Webburn um, and I, I needed a new challenge. But when I was at Predictor, um, like I said, I got to do all kinds of things that I don't think a lot of other SEOs might have been able to experience that early in their career. So um, I worked with some of Australia's largest brands. I worked with Forty Winks, I worked with Paz Paley. Um, I worked with iSelect. Um, and uh, of course, Simmons group um, and a lot of other like sort of mid tier companies um, and I think what, with working with such a small team, it really challenges you and really pushes you to to kind of just sit there and just hit your head a little bit on the brick wall just trying to figure out like okay here's here's the problem, here's what we're trying to overcome. I know that um, I know that by solving this it is going to help with either indexability or crawlability, or um, make this a lot more um, human, human readable or um, I guess like uh, have really much better algorithmic signals. So how do I solve these kinds of problems? And I think um, like the biggest successes that I've had, I think is um, being able to go back and say to the client, we, um have been able to improve your traffic um by x percent we have been able to improve your goal conversion rate by x percent um and when i can see in the analytics like all all the numbers sort of starting to like um you know either go up or in some cases go down with bounce rate and things like that like it's it's just hugely rewarding to see it be able to um to work and that really is what inspires me all the time to um try a little bit harder and to think outside the box and sometimes like i have problems that just keep me up at night that i'm like well why like you know if if we need to like change the files like because it's been loading from the cdn a bit differently um, but if we do that it's going to like delete all the apps that are actually like improving site speed like what what like how can we get around these kinds of issues um, you know, that's a shop, like Shopify issue, but, um, <laughs> like th- those kinds of things, like they just, they just, um, they just annoy me to the point where I, I have to either, um, go outside the expertise, um, that I know and ask the community or, um, you know, I just spend hours on Google, just Googling everything I can on testing. And yeah, um, I think my biggest successes really are being able to, um, have like huge hitters, like being able to rank for health insurance, um, being able to rank for beds, um, both number one in Australia, which is a huge achievement, I think, in a lot of people's um, books. But um, it really is that, that kind of like client interaction and being able to, you know, look someone in the eye, and be like, "We did a good job for you. You're making X amount of mo- more money than when you started with us," and um, yeah, it's that's really, really rewarding.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's um, in my experience a thrill watching the results kind of go up and to the right after (laughs) um, after things start to to get implemented, Um, and and it really happens once things start to get implemented, and it it takes some time, but it eventually slowly but surely starts to, and sometimes even less slowly starts to go in the right direction, and it's incredibly rewarding to be on the back end of that and go. See, I told you so. <laughs> yeah.
1: I told you it was gonna work. I was right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because yeah. I do I do find that there can be even with even with clients that like want to believe in SEO and pay good money for SEO, some skepticism, um, or not, not only skepticism, but um, the thing that I feel like I run into most often is just Difficulty getting recommendations and changes prioritized and, and in the pipeline and, and executed. So, how have you been able to do that for your clients?
1: I have, um, I think the success of being able to um, really literally do anything is communicating ideas, um, mm-hmm. communicating um, this is the reality of the situation. This is your. Um, this is the goal that your you have, and your company has, and um, this is how we're going to creatively be able to, um, you know, match those goals with the strategy that we tailor for you. Um, I, I I actually now that I'm with Webburn, Webburn's a different company, and we've got a huge, huge client profile, and um, I'm finding like a lot of. Personal reward with working with smaller, smaller clients, like with um, small budgets. We're having to be a lot more creative in the things that we do. Um, and I, I had one client that literally said, "Like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just ticking by. I don't have a lot of money. I, I know that we're probably not going to get the best." amount of care because I've looked it up online. I've asked Mm -hmm. my friends and they're spending X amount of money and getting this result. And all I have is this. And I don't know, it just kind of struck me on a very human level. Like, you know, this is this person's whole livelihood. This is their family. This is their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And you know, what can we do, um, as like as professionals, but also as people to help each other. Um, and like this this is something that like I probably shouldn't do all the time um just because like for a business benefit, but the time that I put into that client um I just like started like doing a little bit of my own like um messing around with their c s s and the h t m l. and building the little like custom buttons and um setting it all up nicely and um you know breadcrumbing everything and making it all really really quite quite slick. And, um, yeah, like last week I sent him off an email and said like, you know, year on year and data, we've had like a 348% increase in your, in goal conversions. So, and he's like, this is, I, I have, I have up and I have up until August booked. This wow. Is insane. I've, I've never had that. I've never had that. And, um, like when it has like that really real world application, um, particularly when, the, someone's come to you and said, like, I, I don't have any money, like, I'm, I'm struggling.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, that's,
1: that's, that's amazing. That's really, really incredible.
0: It's, um, it's interesting that you bring up a story like that, because I have a, a family friend who was recently approached by a, a small agency here in, in town, and I'm in Columbus, Ohio, I um, won't mention the, the agency's name. I've, I've been at big <laughs> agencies and I've been at small yeah. agencies, and I'm familiar with this place. And um, part of me, and uh, this family friend runs a, a nonprofit, um, and her nonprofit is focused on taking and making custom blankets for uh, children that go into foster care. It's called My Very Own Blanket. And, um so they make this blanket, and that way these children have something that that's there to comfort them when they're going into this very stressful situation in their in their lives and um so she had this this company approach her to do all kinds of different marketing things, and I remember being at a small agency and w- <laughs> they always, I guess they always say like, yes, we're going to get you X, Y, and Z, and you got to pay this amount of money. But for, for a nonprofit like that, who's not really bringing in revenue, the only way that like she's going to be able to pay that is if the money comes out of her own own pocket. And so she's she said, Jake, what would you do? And um, so being a part of that, I know the reality is that there's a salesperson and they promise this vision, but then the person on the ground who probably has 20 or 30 or 50 or hundred clients. Right. And that, that money is going to be output into a certain amount of hours or time that they can spend. But chances are they're going to be spread thin. They won't have the expertise in, 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 what she's trying to do and they're just trying to get by and keep their head above water and the amount of money that she is putting in will versus the work that she's going to receive in return probably isn't going to get her what she's looking for so she reached out for me to to help her and I'm going to do my best to kind of do the same thing um they they you that you have done so that's a that's a really nice story and really awesome that you've been able to um to drive that impact for somebody that really needed it to the point where like if they had put their faith in maybe somebody else who who doesn't have maybe as much integrity all that money would have been going out the door and maybe they shut their business down right so
1: yeah yeah i mean so. that's it's so scary because that's a harsh reality. Sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, we see it for small business, we see it for large business. Um, no one is immune. Um, like, if you if you have a if you have a site, if you sorry, back it up. If you have a business, um, you need to understand where the attention is and mm-hmm. be able to place like your product, your service, where that attention is, and be able to understand um, users and. You know, going back to SEO um, a lot of that comes from user intent and I like trying to unpack that and um, be able to place that logic into a, you know the format of a website mm-hmm. um, and I ideally that's that's what we're trying to do here um, I, yeah I, I think I think like just working with a lot more um, smaller budgets really teaches you um, to be a lot more critical of your priority lists. Um, and if I can impart any sort of value there, I, I would definitely say like go in pretty hard with technical fixes um, mm-hmm. in, in the first instances. Like a lot of people imagine that like SEO is just, oh yeah, you just change a couple of title tags and. Um, their descriptions and h1s and that's kind of like what you do right like
0: sprinkle the keyword <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: this quote this quote-unquote magic i I, mm-hmm. I find like the whole um concept of seo being um magic like a little bit hilarious and uh, <laughs> it's it's not magic it's um like there's Like, it's a lot of problems, but it's very, very logical, methodical work to me. Um, And it's always making sure that I'm keeping to the logic of always thinking, like, is this going to, like, better serve the user? And it seems almost silly to constantly reiterate that point, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, that's literally what we're trying to do here. Um, Google makes it so that um, they change their algorithms um, in that it's always going to be better serving the user at the end of the day. So if we're playing the game with them, that should result. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know why that goes over some people's heads.
0: Ultimately, what you're trying to do is just make the best website possible, um, the best experience possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's technical or, or content or even lo- local or, um, international, making sure that wherever the, the website is showing up, showing it, the, the client, customer, the website, it's putting its best face forward. Um, so what's it like doing SEO in Australia? Like what kind of problem? I, I, I primarily focus on the US. Now, granted, we have some clients that have sites elsewhere, but my core is the, um, is the US. So what's it like, I guess, with your core probably being Australia centric? Or am I miss like am I misreading what your client client base typically like focuses <laughs> on?
1: Um, yeah, uh, I I think maybe like I don't have too many uh, like at web firm. I don't have too many international clients, but I do find that um, anyone that's um, well, well, okay. So I don't. Uh, Australian sites have like very um, their own hreflang attitudes mm-hmm. and um i think if i can sort of say anything like if you've got a site that you've launched in america and you want to um, you know start business here in australia don't duplicate it and um you know just have like a, maybe a subdomain for australia uh, <laughs> um i don't know does that does that answer your question
0: I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I, I don't know. I guess what I what I don't know um, in terms of how the market and the search engine might act a little bit differently. So I guess in that specific instance, you're saying that it is not better to have an Australian version because I guess I guess explain explain that a little bit to me. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm getting it backwards.
1: Um, well, I guess, like, you know, H-reffling, like h laying, like, mm-hmm. that helps you drive up your conversions. And sure. That helps you drive down the bounce rates. Um, but a common misconception um, of, like, the h attributes is that it prevents Google from, like, displaying your different pages as duplicates mm-hmm. or as spam. Um, but that's not really really true. Like, you may have different pages uh, for American English, British English, and Australian English, Um the differences of this is very minimal um, and uh, they're prone to be martyrs duplicates. Um, I, I'm not sure if that particularly like answers your question, but um, I had one client um, who had a very successful site um, mm-hmm. that they launched in the UK and um, it um, had you know, incredible amounts of traffic, incredible amounts of engagement on that site um and they basically just replicated it um like all the way down and just changed a couple of things in um hreflang to be like en um equals a u uh shouldn't do that from memory but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah essentially essentially it didn't like it it like it didn't it didn't work very well um and they had so many different like format issues and um, they weren't getting any traffic, and they were basically like, "Oh, like I don't understand. Like this is so so successful at home. Like why is this different when we work yeah. here in Australia? Like what's is there something special about the Australian market or anything like that?" It's I, I think like you know whenever you're creating a site, whenever you're um, you know maybe doing redirect plans um, and working from country to country, they do have um, they do have like different ways in which um, they work. So, you know, there's specialization for the U S version and a specialization for maybe like an Australian version, you know, just to utilize like those subtle language differences, um, you know, previous work that we've, we've done, like sort of suggests that this can impact the likelihood of, uh, Google using those H, HW, H tags, um, by a considerable amount of percentage. So, um, if that's if that's sort of like useful for any US SEO people um, who are wanting to like do business here in Australia, that might be that might be something to really consider and get um, some advice before you do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like things that we tend to run it. One, the hreflang stuff can get um, can get tricky, especially if your client has lots of different um, language versions of their site or different subdomains. Just yeah. getting getting the mapping correct from site to site or language to language and validating that it's implemented appropriately. Um, I feel like John Mueller said, yeah, that's kind of a one of the more tricky things in SEO and I can vouch that that's, that's kind of a tricky wicket. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, um, I would say the other, the other thing that I see, from time to time, is clients that they want to have an international version because they have an international customer base, mm-hmm. and they'll create because they're in a hurry, create the version of create a version of the site that is not either not translated at all. Um, I, I have a client that create created for example a German site in complete English. Um, but it has all, all the, the URL signatures, um, the subdomain, it's all, it has a German signature, right? The DE, um, but it's definitely not German when you go there, (laughs) when you go there, um, which I, I guess I, I don't think Google, Google would, would tend to handle that very well, nor do I think other, other search engines. So we, we try to say like, maybe you should translate that, but, um, yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. and, um, yeah, I mean, there's two search engines that use um, Hreflang, like, you know, Google Chrome and Yandex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're definitely going to want to fix that up. Um, yeah. But, you know, search engines like Bing and Beidou, um, you know, they use, like, a different attribute, um, like, you know, using, like, meta content language attributes. So it's just really important to, to like, know um, before you're you know, setting up some business to do, um, you know, to just you know, do like an SEO strategy plan, you know, talk to someone who has that kind of experience. Um, you know, ask the kind of parameters around that because it really can influence um, the way in which you build sites and um, structure them. So yeah, that's, yeah. How did that, how did that
0: end up? It's still ending up at the, <laughs> we're still working on it. Yeah. I'll, I'll let yeah. you know. Um, There's, I, it can I be would it can say- quite tricky. Certain languages, the ones that are translated on the site are performing quite well. Others, not as much, um, not so much. And it's, um, it's a function of them having, and they, they know they need to do this, but it's a function of prioritization and having X, thing X, Y, and Z that they need to get done. And, and unfortunately, this one is just something they need to get done, but it's falling behind certain certain other things. So the the yeah. in-market experiences suffering while they get kind of other other things done. Um, so tell me about some of your biggest failures. That's something that SEOs don't talk about a lot. Failures.
1: Um, I think all my biggest failures really was in the learning process of just really not understanding um, I guess like how keywords worked. Um, in a in a in a very rudimentary sense. Um, I remember for one client, <laughs> I had I just like I was given like like thirty thousand pages um, mm. to look at, and I, I was still learning SEO, and I was like, I don't I don't know what to do with this, and you know I was in the office there, like they're, like the dev was working, um, and at the time, like we weren't really. I didn't know that it was okay to ask like a million questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, sitting there with the headphones on, just like, coding away, looking very, very grumpy.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, Almost always and, look grumpy, even when they're not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, and like, you know, so I sit there for mm-hmm. three or four days writing out, um, maybe like, I think I did like 40 unique title tags and, no forty forty unique meta descriptions and unique title tags, um, and I just copied and pasted all the um, meta descriptions across thirty thousand pages, um, and I did this all manually.
0: Wow, that must have that's taken dumb. amazing. Amount.
1: <laughs> that's so dumb. Like when I like that's like pretty cringe worthy because to me that's like you know so rudimentary like. SEO 101 101 but um, you know like unfortunately like sometimes like we, we have to learn from our mistakes and mm-hmm. um like, when we pick up these kinds of errors like it's so important to be like hey um I did this um I now know better or we've had this discussion and this doesn't like meet the logic so I need to go back and I need to fix this
0: so is, so, so how did you figure out is that how you figure, figured it out um You did that work. I'm assuming it took a a, a long time. And at at what point did you say, oh, crap, maybe I shouldn't have done that?
1: Yeah, um, this is sort of when I was – I first was starting to use um, Screaming Frog. And Mm. it was sort of like suggested to me like, hey, um, have you seen this thing called Screaming Frog? It's really awesome. It can can show you where, um, you know, you haven't – you might have missed something or if there's – um, like you can look at in internal links, you can look at out um, like backlinks, you can look at, um, title tags, you can look at meta descriptions, H ones, H twos, etc. and all the like. Um, and I started just like reading on like how best to use Screaming Frog, and it taught me a lot about um, how to structure your site, um, how to write for, for your site. Um, what makes it um, human-readable, what makes it bot readable mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, a very quick, like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then I did a crawl over that site, and, you know, like, I just saw, like, the duplicate. Or, and, over um, and
0: over and over.
1: <laughs> yeah, just being like, oh, crap. Oh, no. Oh, no. It, I'm going to have to go back and do all of that. Um,
0: and it – yeah. Like, at what point did you realize, like, because we – one of the topics we've covered with several different people is seo to tech or seo i should say to developer interactions and how sometimes they don't always don't always go that well um for any number any number of reasons and then we've talked about how we can make them go better at, at what point did you realize it was okay to go talk to the developer
1: um i i still didn't really talked to a developer for maybe about two more years after that. So um, I've only really started um, really talking to developers a lot more maybe in the last year, um, which might sound a little bit crazy, but um, like it was, it was like, it was, I was literally in a separate room to the, to the devs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it just never really, like we didn't have that kind of company culture to be able to like go up and ask um, and I think a lot of my growth might've been stunted from that. Um, and it was really like, like I went to a conference, like, this is going to sound like, so like, Hey, if you haven't gone to like those SEO conferences, you should go kind of things. But like, I literally went to a, a conference and started to meet other SEOs and, um, realized that, um, realized like why, um, my experience was so different I realized that um, I was maybe a little bit um, smarter in, in some areas, but really naive in a lot of others um, and linking myself to a community and having people to ask that did what I did. Because um, granted, like I like I was, apart from the CEO, I was the only one technically doing SEO for, mm-hmm. the, for the company. And um, with that kind of responsibility on your shoulders, I, um, it's kind of like, well, I have to ask a lot of questions um, or I have to bring up issues which would then get solved without me. And I thought, well, like, if I'm going to be able to be a better SEO, I want to be a part of those discussions. I want to understand um, how script works a lot better. Um, And I started, like, reading, like, um, W3C, um, just reading... um, a lot of different forums um building up a, like a wonderful wonderful um of, of really lovely friends um and i'm just kind of like have a lot of people to ask now if i really really get stuck but i think um i think really the success that i've been able to to attribute um is just from literally just sitting there and not leaving the post until i've fixed it um, and, you know, that, that literally has meant, like, staying back until, like, 10 p.m. at nights, working weekends, um, and just putting, just grinding um, and being able to solve those kinds of problems. I, I, like, I, I don't know how else I would have been able to, to do that, to do any of it, to be honest.
0: So l- let me ask you this then, because there's, um, I came from a from a startup, um, most recently, right? I've I've spent most of my career in agency. I call it agency world because it's like a special. It's a special type of just existence when you're when you're working at, at an agency. But um, I took a uh, I wouldn't say I took a year and a half off. I just I found something that I thought at the time was a was a better fit, and it was at a startup, and I was um, in a very similar position where I was um, the only person that did SEO, working, working with the developers to almost hand in hand, sitting literally, we shared a desk basically, and we were literally sitting facing each other almost, almost all day. (laughs) I'm sure he got tired of looking at me. Um, I found that when um, there, there was a similar culture, right, Um, that people didn't really talk or talk enough and a lot of things got done without um without really thinking about all of the marketing or seo or customer implications Mm -hmm. it was just churn and burn uh push it push as many updates as you as you can uh as quickly as you can and think about it and fix later Um, oh my
1: god i hope they don't do that for wordpress
0: five right 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 (laughs) um and it took a long time. Um, it took probably if they had been able to prioritize some of the changes that I wanted to make, and in, initially, results would have happened, um, in my opinion, a lot, a lot quicker. And it took a long time to build trust with the developers, which means, in my opinion, sometimes you have to show them that may while you may not be like sitting down and writing Python or straight writing. PHP or whatever, that you can hold your water um, enough to gain their respect that you know what you're talking about. And then Mm -hmm. once you start to get things implemented, um, I feel like a lot of developers are, and, and I try to have empathy for them as much as possible, because I find that like, if I think I've got a lot on my plate, they've probably got 10 times more on their plate coming from 10 times as many people. So I try to have that empathy because I try not to think that my stuff is always the most important, right? It's the most important to me, but it might not be the yeah. most important to them. So I always try to like put it in that uh, that sort of a lens. But where I, where I find that there's a breakdown is that sometimes the developers, aside from just the general prioritization of things. Don't ever get to see results. Um, and I found that when you can get um, a developer psyched up about what they're doing because you show them, hey, you you added schema here and look at our results, or hey, you enabled this piece of content or did this redirect, or we, imp- we improved the site speed by 50%, or we got rid of all the insecure, any, any number of tactics that you can do um, pointing them to the long-term trend within results, it's like a, s- a snowball effect, right um, where like you it starts off little and the more and more and more you get, the more excited they'll get and the more they trust you and it's um it's it's really important in my opinion to um, to have a good relationship with with your developers but also to yeah. build trust and respect and show results. Um, and I've found in the past that, there have been times where it's almost an adversarial relationship, which not healthy, not healthy. in I've I've been a part of that sometimes and it's not healthy and it doesn't get, um, yeah. doesn't get anything done.
1: Yeah. Um, I can, I can completely agree with that. I think this is um, a very common kind of conversation that a lot of SEOs have um, with developers and developers with SEOs. I think mainly because um, we we'll, yeah, like you said, we're not literally sitting there writing Python or, or being able to manipulate certain um, scripts of code. So like, from my, my perspective, like um, I'm asking them to fix something and I'll go in and I'll do like a lighthouse audit or I'll look at the elements and see where, if, it's, if it's worked or if it hasn't worked. Um, and if I see something broken, then it's usually like I'll get onto Google, figure out why and then go back and say, ah, this is because of this. Um, can we do it in this way? And um, I haven't always had the best kind of reaction from that because it's like, oh, well, um, why are you telling me how to, to do my job a little bit? And mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, just developing that kind of level of respect is really important. Um, and I think, I mean, something that I, I don't personally do is, you know, share performance reports with our development team. Um you know, like particularly like when they're making so many um, you know, huge leaps with site perform um, performance, like from doing um, optimization for speed, for instance, like mm-hmm. site speed and page load speed. So yeah, I think that's something that um, you know is definitely putting in the brain bucket because the the development team that we have here at at Webberma are just like you know they're a wonderful bunch of, of people and they work really, really hard and we have a really good relationship and I've never had any, any issues, which is really, really lovely. Um, but I think, um, like, you know, at the, at the old company where we had, um, we had like a a main developer that was my friend, um, and we wouldn't really talk too much about work things and she's sort of like, she's a, she's a very wonderful, um, very unique kind of person, um, And she was sort of leading her own team of devs that were all outsourced. And I think the kind of demands that that does um, for that kind of, that kind of role. Um, I think if we empathize with each other and see from each other's perspective, it's probably always going to lead to better results and better communication between teams.
0: Yeah. You you always work harder for your friends than uh, your acquaintances for sure. Absolutely. Um, So a while, a while ago, you touched on leading a team. And this is not something that I feel like I've touched on yet. Um, what is that like for you to be an SEO in charge of a team? How do you get stuff done? What is it like in terms of just the toll on you as a, as a person being a leader?
1: Um, I think that it's, it's, it's new, and it's lovely. Um, I think having people that are leaning on you to dictate their workloads and to give you direction and to, um, you know, to look to you to be inspired. Um, I think that does have a very um, sometimes um, taxing human element, but at the same time when when um, when we win, when we, we all win as a team. And I, it's so wonderful to go back and say, like, look, um, this is, like, all the work that you did, this is the context. This is why we're doing it. This is, um, you know, if if I'm getting you to load, like, manually load all these images, like, you know, this is ultimately why and this is why we, like, I I think if if you put context to anything, like, um, it gives people a sense of purpose and I think purpose really drives, um, I, I guess, like, a little bit more of a happier working environment and we have a really, really tight team here. We all joke together and um, go out to lunch and sometimes like even spend, um, you know, weekend, weekend events together. Um, so it's really, really quite nice. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that um, I'm still fully yet to come to terms with that, um, yeah, there are, there are people that lean on me and like in turn I lean on them. Um, because i'm used to be such a solo solo worker
0: so so what do you feel like you do as a leader to inspire, inspire i don't know if that's the right word or the word that i'm looking for but if you were giving advice to other people in your position and i'm thinking about people that maybe Maybe they're not natural leaders. Maybe they're just, they're, they're looking, or, or maybe they're, they have a good team, but they're looking for another way to push their team or to challenge their team or to just bring another element. Like, what is your leadership philosophy, I guess?
1: Teach them how to read data. Teach them um, that it's good to, have, to always ask questions. Always have context of why you're doing something. Um, to make sure that you're keeping to the logic in the back of your head throughout your entire process from start to finish, um, and if you are struggling, um, it's okay <laughs> because um, a lot of a lot of this, a lot of my career has literally just been sitting at a desk and just feeling utterly helpless um, <laughs> and very frustrated. So. Um, not wanting, you know, to have anyone, um, particularly people that I work with, ever feel like that. Um, it's really made me step outside of myself and um, try to see things from their perspective, just as much as I try and see things from a user perspective when, when we're creating a strategy. Um, to have everyone a part of why we're doing something.
0: Yeah, so that's it's funny. Um, I tell my son, I give my son um, advice on. He and he's five, so he's doing things like learning, learning how to read, um, just learning how, learning how to be a person, right? And um, sometimes he gets frustrated when he struggles and he runs into kind of a hard spot. And the advice that I give him, I feel like it's a- applicable to any profession, probably for the rest of rest of life, is when you're struggling with something that is literally you are literally right at the point of breaking through and growing um the the struggle is the point where you are about to break through and learn something or be a little bit better because of it so absolutely normal to struggle especially in this this industry
1: yeah and i think that's that's one of the reasons why this podcast is really awesome because um like it it sort of takes the, the quote-unquote magic away from, like, the, the thing that SEOs do and that, you know, to say that, you know, hey, we're real people, we're, um, we're not just going to always, like, um, have every answer. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to, um, you know, we're trying to, get, like, essentially game an algorithm that changes daily. I and mean, Google says not to do that, but to a certain point, um, that is literally our sort of job like you know as white hat as you'd like to you know say that you are um just for full disclosure we're 100% white hat i don't really <laughs> <understand that. laughs> um and they are like natural citations um but anyway um uh, yeah so i th- i think that that's you know really the strength of this podcast because like i've listened to other um, interviews that you've done um and you know, you, you wanted to ask me um you know, she was my biggest mentor and, uh, Cindy Crumb, who you, uh, I was just getting to that. <laughs> yeah. She, she is, she is one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Um, she just taught herself how to read HTML, um, and really just taught herself how to do almost everything. And I think, um, you know, going back to what I said at the very beginning, I mean, why, why do you do what you do? Why do you still sit here and um, work on these problems um, for people, um, for for businesses that, I don't know, don't always have like that kind of immediate kind of payoff like PPC does. Um, mm-hmm. you know, w- like where does that constant um, energy and invigoration come from? And it's really that curiosity that I see a lot in her. And, um, you know, Brittany Muller is another person that um, really embodies that same kind of spirit as well. Nava Hopkins, uh, like, um, Olga Adrienko, um, Ashley Ward, um, a lot of these kinds of people, um, Jason Munn, Harry Sanders, um, Peter Meads. These are all wonderful people that um, in some way or another, um, I haven't necessarily told them, but they're, they're literally the marker that I have in my mind. It's like, okay, when I get to this point in my career, I would love to be um, as um, insightful and as experienced um, and is authoritative on the subject as I deem them to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like it's it's wonderful that you're doing this podcast. I,
0: I appreciate that. Um, and the the interesting thing is, it's it's part of what I love about the industry is the willingness to connect, the willingness to share um, and the willingness of some people to be really, really, really open and transparent and, and honest. So, um, so I had reached out to, to Brittany and she, she's busy person, um, rightly so. And, um, said, Hey, I can't do this podcast. I just don't have the time, but here are three really awesome people. Uh, one of which was Cindy and one of which were, was you. And, um, you guys were both so willing to jump on and, and um, just for, I'm grateful because you're taking an hour or an hour and a half, however long we talk out of the, out of your day to make time to talk, talk shop with, with me when you could be doing any number of other things. And there are so many people like that in the industry. And I didn't know Brittany, I didn't know you, I don't, um, I, I didn't know Cindy, um, but who are just willing to jump on and, and help and, and contribute. And it's kind of, a my opinion, a pay it forward mentality. Um, and I feel like if you pay it forward enough times, eventually that good karma will come back um, come back to you. And that's that's not even the reason to, to pay it forward. But um, you know, I, I'm a believer in karma. And I think that that karma, if you pay it forward enough, will um, be in your favor at the end. So I look up to all of those, those people as, as well, for sure. Definitely yeah. same thing, aspire to, uh, be thought of just, just like them in terms of their, um, reputation within the, within the industry. So yeah. what is your favorite tactic that you're using right now?
1: Oh, favorite tactic. Um, Site speed is definitely something that I've gone very aggressively with um, since I've started with Web mm-hmm. um, but it's like I, I I really really enjoy just going through and looking at the site architecture um, and thinking like you know is this is this indexable is this crawlable um, so I think when I when I start off any strategy um, like ideally I'm looking for um, the technical health. I'm looking for um, whether or not it is human readable. So uh, from the user experience, um, you know, is are you able to find what you're looking for? Does mm-hmm. it have like a? Um, it doesn't tell you something to do. It doesn't give you information. Um, am I? Like, do I have any questions like outside of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, yeah, um, you know, is this is this something that is going to be crawlable? Um, you know how many errors am I going to hit through that? So I think my favorite thing um, has definitely got to be fixing, fixing up that site architecture. Um, having a really good internal linking structure is something that you can do um, to your site without having to um, I don't know, use any disavow tools or anything like that. Or um, It's something that's um, like with hand-in-hand with breadcrumbing can really make a lot of really quick and easy wins. And um, I think it's something that sometimes gets neglected um, in favor of other other different things.
0: Do you find when you're fixing architecture that it's more how they're piecing together information through links or that it's messy URLs and not having clean clear hierarchies of URLs and page relationships, or is it a little of both?
1: To be honest, (laughs) with the amount of, uh, the amount of sites that I've done this for, um, I would say it's definitely a little bit of both. I think that um, when people are uploading content, there is no forethought as to where you're putting it on the sites, why you're putting it on the sites and what the ultimate goal of that page is, is, is ultimately trying to, to serve. So, I so I kind of try and like frame it in a way. It's like we're not writing blog posts. We're writing landing pages that serve a particular purpose or a particular goal. Um, and whether or not that goal is to um, you know, go to other different um, informative pages or point back to um, like a product page or a service page or something like that, um, I think to. Re educate and to remind people that um, every single page on your website really has to count, and if they don't count i'm going to bring it up and say, like, you know do we really need this? Is this serving any particular need because i I look at the crawl log and I haven't seen this one being um, getting much love and to be honest, um, your site is really only as as strong as your weakest as your weakest link so um you know, that's something to definitely consider.
0: So that brings up another, another point. Um, Brittany, I think it has long been, Brittany Mueller, um, has long been uh, behind the tactic of um, either no indexing or getting rid of your low value pages um, and just, by getting rid of the low performing or low value pages just by, it's almost like page rank sculpting, except it's, it's not, it's just getting rid of your, your, what I call cruft. So that your overall And Google says they don't have an aggregate site quality score. I, I don't personally believe it. And I feel like when you get rid of really bad content, it just by osmosis has to increase the authority that's going to the remainder of the content. I have personally had success with, with that particular tactic. Um, is that what you're saying? By potentially weeding out the bad content?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think, um, trying to put myself in the shoes of, you know, someone who is coding literally a, a bot to be able to crawl a site. Um, when, you know there are things that we can identify just from looking at it it's like it's got thin contents um there are maybe like one or two links or maybe it's an open page it doesn't um, link anywhere um it doesn't say anything that is useful to a user it doesn't add anything to the site it's not functional in any kind of way um to us it's it's sort of like well um this isn't necessarily something that I think um, is useful. So this is definitely one of those URLs that I would put in the box of, um, this is something that I would no index. But I also think like um, when a bot is crawling a page, it's doing it um, incredibly quickly and it only has so much crawl, um, crawl budget. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, what's the kind of core budget we have for a site of this size of this domain authority. Um, What, like, how are we going to be able to best that? And I think like, well, in looking at like, what's the aim of this page? Like, is this something that we are going to have to, um, is there some value on this that we can maybe optimize and like repurpose that content? Um, if we are going to do that, what, um, what are what are the, is the competing um, uh, keywords that, that we're going after in the SERP? What do those pages look like with all the um, the, the content on that page? Um, how would a bot scroll that? So um, I do still look at things like um, word count. I still look at things like um, keyword density. I do look at things like um, how like the text to HTML ratio and um, even where um, certain um, internal links are um, on the page. So it might be at, you know, line um, 43 versus maybe line, like, 503, Mm -hmm. depending on the size of the page. Um, And I will look at what the competitors are doing and just to sort of get an idea of a benchmark. Um, And I educate the clients to think a little bit more about, well, you know, let's let's give something really useful back to the to the user. Um, but this is essentially what we're trying to what we're trying to best, what we're trying to work towards. Um, and um, it's again going back to it, like it's how you present those ideas, um, and how much people work with you to be on board with that is, I think, the success of the strategy because it's um, at the end of the day, it's all about execution.
0: Absolutely. Um, what tools are you using? What are your favorites?
1: Yeah, um, I well, all the the normal ones like you know Google Analytics, um, Search Console, um, Google Tag Manager, um, like SEMrush, um, Screaming Frog. Screaming Frog for many years now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and um, I used to use um, Ahrefs a lot, but we don't have that at Web yet, so um, it's really just really just those other ones.
0: Okay. Which one do you like the best out of them though?
1: Um, Screaming Frog because uh, since they've done um, their updates to include wonderful things that Sitebulb would do with um, mm-hmm. analyzing the architecture from a visual standpoint of having like that nice little map, um, I find that really, really easy to um, visually look at um, your entire site and be able to pick out like, oh, okay, this is where... Um, we've got some often pages here. This is a really important page, but we've, um, we don't have a lot of links that go towards that to, um, sort of indicate that this is an important page. Um, so it's, yeah, I kind of feel, I I, I like anything that makes me feel a little bit like a superhero, like, um, like I'm in the matrix. Um, (laughs) See all the part, all the moving parts all at once. Um, So, yeah, I really, I really very much enjoy that.
0: In coming from your other careers, what was your first thought when you realized that a tool, an important tool was actually called Screaming Frog? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I didn't, at the time, like, I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is just like, um, like some kind of video game thing. What's wrong with these people? Um, okay, okay that, that's that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I, I find that there's like a lot of really nice quirks about um, the way in which we talk about ideas and we, mm-hmm. we have tools and the way that we set up things. And um, I think that's just, you know, keep us marginally entertained as we, we just troll through endless amounts of data.
0: <laughs> that was a really grown-up and respectful answer. I like it. Um, <laughs> best advice to somebody who's just getting into the industry in 2019.
1: Hmm. 2019. Um, congratulations. Long form content has really taken the headway and there's mm-hmm. a lot of fantastic articles that you can read that tell you, um, best practice mm-hmm. and also what not to do, um, which didn't exist when, um, you know, in the, in the vast amounts of quantity, um, and, um, detail that it did when I was first learning, um, But if if I was just starting out on SEO, I would be asking people whom I respected um, as well as read everything I could. And I would be watching every webinar that I could because the amount of little nuggets of advice that I pick up from webinars um, helps me in my career a lot more than sometimes the um, practical application of it. Because sometimes you come across... um, you come across a problem and it's never immediately clear because you Google it. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, maybe the answer is like buried on on, page two (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like, you know, or or on page 15. Um, and it might be just like a one small little line. Um, I, I I think like a a bit of an application of that problem was, um, I was I couldn't figure out why, um, why more like all this, the, this schema wasn't showing up in the SERP. And I mm-hmm. thought I, 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 like, I'd written it perfectly. Um, they were showing absolutely no errors. Um, and I, I was just like, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I looked at, at um, you know, the page source and saw like that there was a little iframe that was just sitting above um, the Google Tag Manager. And again, mm-hmm. this goes back to W3C. Um, I remember reading in there um, that um, there were different things that people, that um, it understands from whether it's in the header or the body text. Um, And I can't remember her name, but um, I follow her on Twitter, so I'll have to come back to you. But she said in the webinar that um, if there's an iframe that pops up above that, um, it automatically thinks that it's reached the body tag because that's where it's supposed to be. So yeah. if it is in any way, um, and it was just like a bit of JavaScript that was populating that, um,
0: yeah, I, I was like, oh. I think I read the same the same fantastic. thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I read the same thing. wasn't that long ago. Yeah, and
1: I, I just thought like, oh, that's that's brilliant! I've I finally found a reason. I, we took that off, placed it where it was um, meant to go in the body tag, and lo and behold, like. There's all the beautiful schema that we do you know, yep. spend ages, like, you know, um, writing. So, yeah, it was
0: good. So, personal fact, what, what is something that most people don't know about you?
1: Um, things that people might not know about me. Um, uh, well, I'm a professional electric violinist. I've been playing That's violin right. for <laughs> 21 years. Um, I have um, toured internationally with that. Um, wow. And, uh, I used to play in orchestras, and now I play um, in rock bands, I guess. Um, and I've done anything from like death metal all the way to like folk music, um, playing violin.
0: Is uh, there anywhere where like people can find you playing YouTube? Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Um, I'm definitely on the YouTube. <laughs> <college>. <laughs> um, on YouTube, on Facebook, um, on Twitter, and of course Bandcamp. Um, so there is. Uh, a few albums that I've been featured on. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, do you, so. You still do that to this day? As yeah. Like a, is it like a like a fifty fifty split between like your SEO job or is it just something that's more like a side gig or whatever?
1: Uh, ooh, I don't know about the fifty fifty because there's again, like with the curiosity thing, um, anything that I'm curious enough and I feel, um, fairly adept at doing, um, I just tried my hardest to do everything. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'm also, uh, an illustrator and, um, wow. I, uh, like I do like commission artwork for, for people. And, um, so yeah, I've also got an Instagram that, that does that. Um, but generally speaking, like, I work Monday to Friday um, from you know, your, your normal nine to five, and I'm trying to do a lot better at um, succinctly keeping my hours to just the nine to five, um, coming home, um, having dinner with my partner, and then from um, 11 to about 2 or 3 a.m., um, committing that time to doing my, my other projects with um, music and art. Um, and I, I don't know, I just I, I think... That um, if you don't have like other things to sort of occupy your minds, um, you might go a bit crazy, and I, I'm speaking generally, maybe that's just for me, but um, <laughs> you know that it keeps me out of, out of out of trouble.
0: <laughs> so I think throughout this conversation, based on some of your comments, I've decided that you're either a robot because you don't need <laughs> or or you figured out how to add like four or five extra hours to the day somehow, maybe a time traveler. I don't, I don't know. It sounds like you do some really, really amazing things that I can't even begin to, um, to, to fathom not only just doing, but having the, having the time or the ability. It's that's sounds quite amazing. Really Uh, person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very flattering. (laughs) Um, I hope so you're not the first person to, to suggest that I'm a robot.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Especially in this profession, it's appropriate. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, why does anyone do anything? Like, you know, if you've got the curiosity, if you've got the time, if you, you want to do it, um, you do it, wouldn't you? So um, I kind of just, like, if I've if we've got a bit of free time, um, I don't really watch a lot of television, um, I definitely see like I have a lot of friends and I go out and do all those lovely things. But um like if I if I'm not constantly preoccupied with something, um I I just I just need something to do and I think that's just also attributed to having like you chess and, and scrabble online. Um always on my phone, just like any any little bit of time in the day,
0: I think it's just
1: wonderful to use the the brain that you've been given.
0: The funny thing is and I don't even know where where I heard it or who said it um is um I feel like when I when I die or, or I'm on my deathbed I'll never and granted I love my job I'll never say I wish I worked more. Um so it's really I feel like now like I said I love my job and I love what I do and I love it so much that I'm now outside of my job talking about it. Um yeah. but um it's to enable the pursuit of all of those other things, right? It's a means to an end. So, um, more power to you. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're able to and want to and are finding things that you're feeling fulfilled with. That's all we can all ask for.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely feel very fulfilled. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 wonderful having a job that I'm. I just absolutely am so passionate about um, and feel very much the same way. Uh, I love talking about it. I love um, sharing any any value that I've been able to pick up along the way.
0: Um, and just big nerd. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, so where can the audience follow you?
1: Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter and I think for SEO, they're my main two places that I um, spend a lot of time. Um, Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for joining me. And uh, probably I don't know if you have like meetings or anything. It's literally the afternoon for you in Australia. But definitely thank you for um, for taking the time for being candid and uh, for being patient with me through our month and a half long journey of project management and me messing up the schedule five times. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh no no stress these These things happen, and especially with um, times and differences it 's a little bit challenging
0: <laughs> I, I blame Google Calendar for at least two of those instances, but oh, probably it was yeah. just me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. it, these things happen, and I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate what you 're doing because i 've listened to the other podcasts that you've you put live um, the other five and um, you know, obviously I, I, I particularly love Cindy Crumb's um, podcast, but you know, one, the first one with the great fish can be amazing as well. And there's um, the other, the other people are just so incredible. So, you know, thank you for the work that you're, you're doing. I think it's really awesome.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the page two podcast. If you like this podcast, you can listen and rate it on a number of platforms including Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Applecasts, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, and more. If you wish to support the growth of this podcast, please visit my website at jacobstoops.com forward slash page two podcast or anchor.fm forward slash page two podcast to make a donation would be greatly appreciated if you're an seo who would like to be interviewed i'd love to have you simply send me an email at jake.stoops at gmail.com and we'll absolutely set something up until next time happy optimizing